So our revels now are ended. <laughs> to keep up with the Shakespearean quotes. <laughs> our revels now are, are ended. And these, our actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits. And like the baseless fabric of this vision, are dissolved into air, into thin air. (laughs) Not yet, not yet. (laughs) These cloud-capped towers, these glorious palaces, the solemn temples, yea, the great globe itself shall dissolve. And like this insubstantial pageant faded, Leave not a rack behind. We are such stuff as dreams are made on. And our little life is rounded with a sleep. So that's my favorite bit of Shakespeare. (laughs) Not perfectly quoted, but uh, Prospero's little (coughs) speech in uh, The Tempest saying farewell at the end of the revels of this gathering of spirits. So this has been indeed a gathering of of great spirits. And uh, uh, you probably realize by now that Joseph and I were making this up as we went along. (laughs) We've we've never um, co-taught anything before. So I I had invited him along in the past when I was leading retreats at uh, Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts. I'd invite him along as a guest speaker one evening here and there. But this is the first time we've ever done a, led an adventure together. So this has been a, a great delight uh, on that score. And uh, joyful revels indeed. And, uh, but also uh, in the, um, exploring this uh, territory of of our mortality, of the the fragile, insubstantial nature of our human life, our experience, and the 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 sorrows and the joys that go with that. It's been a very uh, delightful to be um, joining together with Joseph for this, and also to all of you. You've all contributed in your own many and various ways uh, to the the mixture. There are no passengers on this ship. We're all crew. <laughs> Uh, one of the, the things um, that we didn't touch on so much during this week, but I thought to, to mention, occurred to me. Um, we mentioned a few times how both uh, teachers like Ajahn Chah, Ajahn Buddha Dasa were very um, steered away from superstition and um, that kind of uh, metaphysical side of, of a Buddhist tradition. And also Ajahn Chah was very... Um, disinclined to talk about levels of realization and attainments or levels of, of absorption, different states of jhana and so on. And so because of the, 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 the gaining mind's tendency to move towards, well, where am I on the scale? You know, <laughs> Out of one to ten, where am I, Ajahn? You know, where are you, Ajahn? You know? And uh, Ajahn Chah was notably uh, quiet. <laughs> uh, uh, he didn't feel that was an area to, that was particularly helpful. To, to talk about um, because of the 
the the way that we actually we take a spiritual principle like in, uh, liberation or enlightenment, and then we we build self view around it, <laughs> like, and uh, Ajahn Sumedho tells uh, very amusing stories about when he try and try and get Ajahn Chah to kind of let him know where he thought he was. In terms of levels of attainment, and of course, Lumpur Chah could sniff that thing out like at 50 yards in the dark. You know, <laughs> he could see that coming. So, and he gave him a really bad time. You know, <laughs> so, Samedo, if you're still in doubt, it means that you haven't got beyond doubt, right? <laughs> right? Or does it? <laughs> but uh, that said, um, I thought it is also helpful to consider, uh, particularly on the theme of, of death and dying and ending rebirth, liberation from, from uh, birth and death. The, the Buddha's teaching is particularly about stream entry, the, the what is called stream entry, entering the stream of Dhamma, or also is known as the breakthrough. And the, the Buddha gave this uh, succession of very compelling images. Uh, the the, the reaching of the, the um, stage of stream entry, or that, say, the irreversible insight into reality. Um, so when he gave the first teaching to uh, the, the five disciples in the deer park, Kandanya became a, uh, the first one to understand and became a stream enterer. He entered the stream. It's, so out of the four levels of, of enlightenment, stream entry is the first level. Um, but what the, the Buddha pointed out many times is that once a, per, a being has reached stream entry, then enlightenment is guaranteed. And in the, the Buddhist of, uh, cosmology, metaphysics, uh, it's said in no more than seven lifetimes, in complete liberation is guaranteed. You can't get out of it. <laughs> so once that, that barrier has been uh, breached, once that breakthrough has been made, once that bridge has been crossed, um, then in no more than seven lifetimes, uh, then full enlightenment is, is guaranteed. And that after the breakthrough has been made, uh, being cannot be born in any of the lower realms, as an animal or as a ghost or in the, the, the darker and more dangerous and nasty realms. Free, they say, you know, the gates to the lower realms are closed. So um, you can uh, look at that both across many lifetimes or in a cosmological sense about different realms. But you can also see it just within the scope of this one lifetime. And the way I like to interpret it, I know this is somewhat heretical. <laughs> you get interested now. <laughs> but uh, when you say no more than seven lifetimes, um, it, uh, one way that you can read that is to say you can't get seriously lost more than seven times. And it gets harder and harder to get lost each time. So that uh, if, you've, if you've really understood the Dhamma, if you've really seen the Dhamma, when you, when you lose your way and you get caught up in some kind of a violent outburst, you get angry with someone or you, you get uh, infatuated with someone, then uh, th it isn't that long before you realize, oh dear, <laughs> I really shouldn't have unleashed like that. I shouldn't have. Uh, and then it gets harder and harder to, to, to lose it. So that's one way of interpreting it. Um, the other way is to, to think of it in terms of, of uh, uh, re being reborn in different realms. But uh, the Buddha gave a, a series of, of graphic images about uh, the nature of the breakthrough. 
and how worthy this is as a, a, a an aim or a goal uh, for us as human beings to, to shoot for. He said, he reached down and scratched the ground and said, what do you think, monks? What is greater, the amount of, of dirt under my fingernail or the great earth itself? Oh, venerable sir, yeah. the amount of, uh, of earth under your fingernail is very small. Uh, the amount of, uh, uh, but the size of the great earth is very big. <laughs> There's no comparison. You can't, you can't uh, put the two together. One completely uh, outweighs the other. And the Buddha said, well, so too. Uh, the amount of suffering that one who has made the breakthrough can, uh, can expect to experience is co- uh, comparable to the dirt under my fingernail, whereas the, the amount of suffering that one who has not made the breakthrough can uh, expect is comparable to the great earth. <coughs> and then... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be encouraging, Joseph. Oh. <laughs> so... It makes the appeal of the breakthrough very, very compelling. So, and then uh, he says, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, compares it to uh, you know, uh, seven grains of sand from the Ganges River and the size of the Himalayan mountains. Well, there's a whole series of suttas, like 13 of them in a string like this. So he's really encouraging that. And when uh, a number of years ago, when Ajahn Pasno and I were putting together this book about the Buddha's teachings on Nibbana, Ajahn Pasno did a, 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 um, a large chunk of, of his part of the book, about almost half of, of what he wrote, was about stream entry, uh, three or four chapters. And uh, copies are available in the lobby, so <laughs> this, this book. So uh, they are actually. <laughs> the Island. The Island. And so three or f- he wrote three or four chapters about stream entry because he felt when people look at the, the scriptures, they, they think about full enlightenment, they realize, oh, oh, that's totally out of my scope. That's completely beyond what I'm capable of. That's just way beyond the, the reach of what I can do. Um, but because we tend to be a, um, a, a, a kind of, a, in the West in, partic- in particular, the kind of culture that we want the bestest, the mostest, the highest, the supremest, don't want to bother with the kind of kindergarten stuff or the, you know, the decaf version. You know, the <laughs> We don't want we don't want dumber light, you know. We want the <laughs> megawatts. Smooth peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like like smooth peanut butter or or decaf decaf tea, you know. It's like we want the real thing. Is that culturally we we are drawn towards having the the, the the best and the fullest, the most complete. So we over we can easily overlook um, that say, the stage of, of stream entry, I think, well, that's not really worth bothering about, but then being daunted by the other. So Ajahn Pasano put the, a major part of his theme on these teachings about um, looking at that attitude and saying, well, <laughs> if we observe the teachings, study the teachings, look at the teachings, and really allow that into the heart, you know, there's, we can recognize that stream entry is something that is, is completely reachable for, you know, for anybody and everybody, whether you're a layperson or a monastic, this is a far more reachable goal and that um, uh, doable in this lifetime and that we have the, t- we have the tools, we have the, the situation, we have the teachings the, whereby we can, we can bring that realization to life. We can, we can make that real. And, that, and then the difference that makes to us, <laughs> the difference that makes in our life is, is absolutely radical. 
it's a, it's a radical change if we give credence to what is said there in the teachings and also what our great elders and masters have, have talked about. So in terms of, of uh, say, understanding the, the, uh, the laws of cause and effect, understanding how our life works, understanding you know, what uh, birth and death is and, and how we can free the heart from that, uh, the endless wandering, or like Joseph was saying very eloquently this morning, that weariness. <sighs> you know, how many tears have we shed <laughs> on this long round? Uh, you know, how many uh, uh, times we've been through this? You know, how many uh, oceans of, of blood have we, have we shed in this long round? And as the Buddha said, it's because of not understanding the Four Noble Truths. You and I and all beings have had to travel and trudge through this weary round. So, uh, they, uh, I would like to encourage um, that sense of uh, a, uh, understanding what, uh, what the, the breakthrough is, that uh, the developing that quality of insight to understanding what is the path, you know, what is the, the, the nature of the obstructions that we meet and what's the, the path, what's the way to transcend them, how to really free the heart from those compulsive cycles of, of becoming, as we've been talking about through this whole week and then through the Mindful Aging seminar and so on, to really pick up these teachings, explore them, and, and to uh, sincerely consider that, uh, that as a goal, not as a, a personal achievement, you know, something you can put on your CV, you know. <laughs> 2012, stream entry, and... <laughs> 2016, one, you know, once returner. 2020, <laughs> in your maybe that you was what well, you put in your in your obituary, you know. Two th- 2021, anagami. Yeah. 2028, ding. <laughs> maybe somebody, uh, somebody, some of you are thinking, how did he know that? Yeah. <laughs> he read my obit, yeah. but I didn't. But I would like to I- encourage that uh, to, uh, and if, uh, as I said, the. We have many, many hundreds, thousands of copies of this book, The Island, here, um, and uh, so that uh, those are put out with other literature. Um, also a CD that was put together um, on teachings about death and dying, various, uh, mostly Lumpo Sumato, but also other teachings that have been given here that one of the novices, Nar- uh, Samanera Narindo, uh, generously, thoughtfully put together for these events so that uh, you can help yourself to those CDs of uh, talks, death and dying as well. So, But I would encourage uh, particularly uh, uh, that book, The Island, even though I wrote half of it. <laughs> but uh, those chapters of Ajahn Pasna's on stream entry, to, to look at those, explore those. Also, there, there's, uh, there's a chapter in, in there, uh, in my half of the book, which is uh, Attending to the Deathless. So if you want to have more uh, opportunity to explore that particular area of the teachings there's, there's all kinds of goodies in there as well I think they're in the um, the lounges I think they're in the, the men's lounge and the women's lounge I think they've uh, Nietzsche and Joanna have I think they're all there yes yeah. but, uh, I'll leave that in the hands of the trustee managers they're, they're so incredibly reliable and uh, uh, well, well or, or, uh, organized. That uh, I'm sure they've taken care of it. There you go. Yeah. So help yourself, and if the copies run out, we've got more. So, <laughs> so uh, it's one thing with Dhamma books: you can't be greedy. <laughs> more is better. So, so, if you want to take copies for your friends, and they are available. Yes, Sash. 
Number one. The, well, what are the, uh, a potted guide to the, the, the fetters that you need to be freed from in order to realize stream entry. Okay. Number one, self-view, sakaya ditti. That is the, the view, I am the body, I am the personality. So, number one. Okay. <laughs> number two, uh, the attachment, clinging to uh, rites, rituals, conventions, um, so that uh, in Pali that is called sila pata paramasa. So attaching to the idea that, that driving on the left-hand side of the road is correct <laughs> in an absolute sense. <laughs> if you realize that's just a convention, that's just a human agreement, then that's cutting through rites and rituals. <laughs> drives on the right side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so religious conventions that, um, so that uh, you know, the holy day is Friday or the holy day is Saturday or the holy day is the moon day. Those kind of decisions that, uh, that those are ascribed values. The, the, the heart which can recognize those can only be ascribed values. There's no intrinsic substance there. And then the third one is vichikicha, which is doubt. And that, that doesn't mean doubt about what you're going to have for supper tonight. <laughs> it means doubt about what is the path and what is not the path. So just get through those and you're laughing. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle, indeed. And I can explain where that comes from later on if anyone's interested. Robert Lord Salisbury was the Prime Minister, and his nephew, was a, at the age of 27, was appointed Minister of State for Ireland. So, the word was spread around, well, it's easy if Bob's your uncle. If Robert is your uncle, you can get anything. You can get anywhere. Hence, Bob's your uncle. I'm a, an infinite fount of useless knowledge. <laughs> um. I you have I have eleven no I have ten minutes and eighteen no fourteen thirteen twelve seconds left <laughs> it's nice to have the second hand you know like at ten o'clock I can look over and it'd be you know nine fifty nine and thirty seconds and kind of hold and run right on the second you know, ring the invite the bell to sound well. I'm not sure, but I think some of you were asleep this morning when I was offering my wonderful reflection, my final reflection, <laughs> or at the expense of perhaps repeating myself again. Sorry? It's on tape, yes, and it's on two tapes, that tape and this tape, so, so you're Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of people after the last, uh, we, we broke after breakfast, uh, came up to me and were expressing uh, their um, delight and, and joy on, of, of being here, having the opportunity to be on this retreat, and specifically to myself. And uh, 
That means an incredible amount to me. And that uh, I believe, you know, Ajahn and I have kind of broke some new ground here, which I think is, is uh, certainly from my speaking, from my perspective, is it feels very right and it feels very special. And uh, I uh, hope that this is kind of maybe uh, an opening for things to come. And I don't just mean that in the, in the personal way. And uh, on that note, each of us that sits here is a teacher and is capable of teaching. Uh, what level of teaching that is and who we teach or who we can encourage is for each of us to find. And, and so if we get a little glimpse of the way, if we know how to get somewhere and somebody asks us for directions, I mean, the English are great at that, aren't they? Giving directions and making sure how to... And I think most countries, people love to help people get where they need to be going. So we all know where we need to get to. We have the three fetters clear. We have the stream entry to kind of aim for. So how do we, you know, we get to that? And of course, the beginning is really the Sanditiko, isn't it? To be here and now and to learn from the, the here and now. And so my encouragement certainly is to, as I feel myself coming more fully into uh, what I'm uh, capable of and what I uh, seek to uh, do and, and offer uh, for the remainder of this life, however long that may be, is to um, be available to make offerings and small and large. And I would encourage each of you to do the same and to um, kind of cast aside the uh, that you're not capable or you're not worthy or all of those kind of silly things that we can hold and really be willing. That doesn't mean we're going to go down to, is it Speaker's Corner, is it called? Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, you could do that, but, um, you know, our Speaker's Corner is really our, our corner of the universe, the people that we associate with, those we already know, those that may be. And, and, and the sensitivity to that is really to be open to time and place. And, and I always like the kind of the buffet as the example, you know, you can put out a small or you invite somebody in and you know, a cup of tea and, you know, would you like a biscuit and, oh, and they put them down there and they make them available. So it's that, the, the idea of invitation, isn't it? It's an invitational. And so if one is, is inviting for, for others, then I think that's the kind of in the spirit of invitation. And, and then you have, uh, say, more, maybe more serious Dhamma friends who are actually practicing, have done retreats. And, and uh, speaking with the, the ladies this morning, they already were like, oh, I want to share this with my friends and, and my Buddhist groups and, and, and things. So that group that you're helping to. So each of us in our own way is Pa, which is, you know, to, to spread or to, to disseminate really the the, the Buddha Dhamma and uh, Sangha to, to others. Um, and that uh, is really, as we say, the, uh, I don't know the Pali, but it's like to give of the Dhamma is indeed, the, is the highest, you know, Dhamma Dhan is the highest giving, to be able to give of the Dhamma. And uh, the wonderful analogy of to be able to repay one's parent, parents and that you could carry them around on your shoulders and and adorn them with the, the finest uh, uh, jewelry and uh, perfumes and all the lavish, luxurious uh, 
things that we can create and attach to as human beings, and you know, we need to come close to kind of repaying the debt that we owe uh, mother and father uh, for kind of putting up with us or for loving us, sometimes loving us, sometimes uh, putting up with us. And as Catherine is fond of saying, he says, I love him most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) And we certainly love our children most of the time. We don't love them, but there's moments when kind of the love might be on shaky ground. And that's when parenting really probably is quite trying. Um, So that uh, there's... There's the, uh, this uh, this wonderful occasion that uh, that we all have to to share, to open, and and I believe each of us has a responsibility to, like saying this morning, what is our true inheritance uh, as as human beings and inheritance as a Buddhist. And if you don't consider yourself a Buddhist, then start to consider that, because I was shocked when I was at um, the uh, this. Uh, it was, called, it was a council, it was called the Buddhist Teachers Council in Garrison, New York, two years ago. And we had this exercise, it was quite powerful. But uh, basically, at one point, and they, they had set it up, and people would kind of cross over this. They actually put a piece of like tape, masking tape all the way down this, a long room like this. So everybody would be on this side, and then they would say something. So those of you who are Jewish, for an example, please cross over. And the whole exercise was to be able to see self and other. So the Jewish people would cross over and there was no speaking or anything. And then just what it was like to feel, to be observed and, and, you know, from these two perspectives. And they went through this whole incredible thing. And it was very powerful and, and there were tears and, and, uh, but it really helped to kind of just see oneself and other and other and oneself and, and, and then there was one point, and, and the idea was not to kind of judge or anything. So I was quite careful just to be in my space in this large group of about 300 people as they crossed over and then, you know, see the, these folks and welcome, embrace them, and you're seeing yourself from outside and at what part of the group or not. And then, and then we rejoin, each time you'd rejoin uh, together. And um, so uh, the, uh, and it was a long you know, room, so a kind of peripheral vision could see, but unless you kind of, well, who crossed over? It wasn't, it was much a deeper experience. And so they said, those of here, you here that are, are Buddhist, please step over the line. And I didn't hesitate, but I was amazed. I couldn't help but notice folks that didn't step across the line that, that I certainly thought would, wouldn't have a problem with being considered a Buddhist. Of course, if Asian, you know, Sri Lankan people were there, Thai people were there, or you know, Cambodian, Laotian, uh, Vietnamese, or uh, would would just without a, a second thought. But these were well established, and of course, it was all in confidence. But well established, you know, Buddha Dharma teachers, and I dare say even some folks in robes that didn't cross over the line. And that was, it was fine, but, and I couldn't help but notice because I could see that the certain ones that I thought would cross the line. And so what that means, it's not like, it's not like so important whether I consider myself a Buddhist or not, but I think it is a level of, 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 of commitment and a level of like um, uh, embracing something in a, in a deeper and, and fuller way.
So whether you consider yourself a Buddhist or not is not important. Is that that as we as one sees more and more light, and we bring you know our little torch of awareness into the darkness, that uh, to share your torch, you know, to to make sure you have good energizer bunny. Uh, batteries in your torch, you know, keep it. Oh, you don't know about the energizer bunny? It keeps going and going and going. They do. Oh, okay. Okay. What's that? Duracell. Okay, well, yeah, Duracell and that it's a, yeah, same thing, you know, just, you know, you know. So anyway, you get the analogy, so. And we need to keep our batteries charged. We try to use rechargeable bats more, kind of environmentally friendly, of course. But, the point being that we all have our light, don't we? And, and don't be afraid of your light. Uh, like Catherine was saying, like, sometimes I forget who I am, and I think we all can. And kind of, the, Ajahn Sumedho said, I remember him saying one time, he said, what was, what was, it was, oh, I think it was something like, if I think about myself, it's very depressing. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. <laughs> self. That if I absorb, self-absorb, my self-absorption and self-indulgent, all of those words, it's kind of get really small and quite miserable, isn't it? So I think we all are, in, in some form, want to reach out into society and touch our, our, our fellow human beings, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts and uncles, and, and all the rest of them. And, and so I know, for me, if I get out of self, I'm a much happier person that I can kind of give up self in, in some way, in small ways, in large ways. And this has been such a blessing to be here and uh, to give a part of the uh, the bigger self that, that I'm a part of to be Pabakaro and not forget that I'm and and to remember that I'm Pabakaro which is for those that don't know is the maker of light so uh, and our names of course are ones to aspire to you know to bring light in the world rather than darkness and one little thing that Thich Nhat Hanh gave like him when one lights a candle he has these little sayings for everything you do and so when one lights the candle, <coughs> how does it go? The candle lighting with Thich Nhat Hanh? Striking the match? You blanked? Yeah. It's something like um, um, respectful of countless Buddhas, I calmly light this candle, brightening the face of the earth. Respectful of countless Buddhas, countless Buddhas, I light this candle, brightening the face of the earth. It is better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Better to light one candle than curse the darkness. So if we can all just light one candle a day and move away from the, the dark and cursing the dark, we all know about that.